0: Welcome to Hardcover Hideout, the show that celebrates the lesser-known, underappreciated, and hidden gems of the graphic novel world. If you're tired of reading the same old comics or looking for something new and exciting,
1: this is the podcast for you.
2: Hello and welcome to a very special edition of the Hardcover Hideout. I'm Jared. I'm Chris. And today we have the great pleasure of interviewing Tom Breifogel, author of How I Became a Shoplifter. Hello, Tom, and welcome. Hey,
0: Tom. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for having me. All right, so Tom Breifogel is a comic book writer, musician, composer, and producer who has worked with such bands as Reliant K, Secondhand Serenade, Set to Kill, and most recently, Birds in the Airport. He has recently published his first comic book called How I Became a Shoplifter, which was released last January, and his last and final issue will be released this
1: month. Thank you for joining us, Tom. Oh, yeah, this is awesome. Thanks for having me.
2: All right, so we like to start all of our shows with a little segment. Uh, where we just call what, "What have you been reading? What have you been watching? Anything of note you you know you'd like people to know
1: about? Interesting things you've been watching or reading? Yeah, totally. What sticks out the most is Poker Face uh, on Peacock. Ryan Johnson, I've loved his movies a long time, and I really do like his um, Knives Out movies. But yeah, they, they were so a little good. PG for me. Yeah. I, I love them, but Poker Face is what I wanted Knives Out to be. Yes, Poker Face is a little raunchier, a little darker, yeah. a little grittier. And yeah, no, some episodes, I don't want to spoil anything. The second to last episode, I was like standing up. I watched it in the middle oh, of the wow. day. and was just like, didn't even want to sit down. I was like, this is incredible. Yes. I don't know what the hell is going to happen. Uh, I loved it so much. My favorite yeah. show of the year so far.
0: And I love how she emotes like uh, Columbo like just when she's like talking to someone and she just looks like she's being polite where she's like, Oh, Oh, one more thing. One more thing. I I just have to know. I'm like, Oh, so amazing. And I love how you find out during every episode that she's already there that you don't see her until like the middle of the episode, but you realize she's been there from the beginning. It's
2: amazing, Joe. I agree. Chris has been talking about it since it started. I still haven't started watching it, started watching it. So I got to move it up on my watch list. I think.
1: (laughs) At That's, this
0: point, you can binge it. It's it's yeah. done.
1: The season is oh, yeah. oh, done. okay, good. So,
2: yeah. Did
0: you finish the season yet?
1: I did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Nice.
1: Nice. Uh, Anything you're reading? Yeah. I'm reading right now. I guess I'm on a Jeff Lemire kick. I'm reading Little Monsters issue 11 oh, just came yeah. out this week. Love that book. And then I'm rereading a book from two years ago called Robin and Batman, also by mm-hmm. Jeff Lemire. Oh so, yeah. And yesterday, yeah. I, I also read a stack of. Uh, I'd never really read many Superman comics besides Mm. when I was a kid. And I I went to the store and bought a stack of all these new ones and, and read them all. So it was kind of cool. I've read a lot of Batman comics, a lot of, I keep up Mm. at one point, like two years ago, there were too many, especially with too many for me, I guess I was having like six or seven a week of like Joker, Batman. And it was like, I kind of had to get weaned off and pick which ones I wanted to uh, stay on for the long haul. But yeah, the ones, uh, Robin and Batman's done. It was three issue miniseries, but each issue is 40 pages. So it's almost like a mm-hmm. whole trade. Oh, and yeah. then yeah, little monsters issue 11, but yeah, I love those books. I bought awesome. this book yesterday. I haven't read it yet. No, no slash one or no one. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Um, by, uh, Kyle Higgins, which I really mm-hmm. love radiant black yeah. and that whole world. I know, I don't know if this is a part of that world. I don't think it is, but I'm looking forward to reading it.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I heard that they were going to do a whole like Radiant universe. Yeah, radiant so, universe. yeah I'm wondering mm-hmm. if that is
0: part of that. That's yeah, that's that's cool. That's, I saw that one. So, the Supermans you got, are they like older versions or issues? Or are they like,
1: oh no, a lot one? of them came out in the last month.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's so many. Like, you know, back when I was a kid, characters have like one or two series. Now it's like characters have <laughs> multiple series. You're like, oh, I, I used to do a box at the comic book store and I'd pay almost a hundred bucks a month just <laughs> trying to keep up yeah. with all the, the storylines. Oh
1: man. That's crazy. Yeah. Let me see if I have, have some of them here. I think, yeah, like the Superman one, it was really good. Uh, um, I like that cover. Jamal, Jamal Campbell drew yeah. it. He did a book called Ni- Naomi a couple of years mm-hmm. ago, which yeah. is art. Mm-hmm. It's phenomenal. That's when I first heard about his art. And then, um, Oh yeah, here we go. Saga, uh, it started back up again oh, this year. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're kind of we us, you know, We talk we about Saga, Saga all yeah. the time. Yeah, it's one of I'm, our favorites.
2: I got the shirt I'm on. Nice. Saga shirt. Oh no
1: way. <laughs>
2: yeah, goose yeah. or okay. Gus? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. How do you? I say Gus, but I, maybe it's goose. I don't know, but yeah, this one John
1: it. Kent? This is an audio oh, podcast. I, so I should probably yeah, just say John Kent and then the new Deadpool. But my favorite characters. Awesome. But yeah, so those are what I've been reading. True. And then I've been rereading Catwoman Lonely oh. City, which uh, oh, I, re- I heard, heard such good things about that. Yeah, that. That's in my list. Yeah.
2: Everyone I, I, regions, loves it. Yeah. yeah. That's on my list too, for sure.
1: I would awesome. check it out. It's a cool concept. And he's an incredible artist. Did you, yeah. either of you read Paper Girls? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. Cool. Did you ever watch yeah, the
2: show? Same, yeah,
0: same artist. Yep.
1: Oh, I watched the show. Yeah, yeah I'm so sad. It, I'm I that;
0: so it. it did not get picked up again. Yeah, because it was yeah. really good. The show, um, the, <laughs> totally. the trade is even
1: better. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I agree. I, I love good. that comic so much, but yeah, I'm, I'm sad about the show too. Yeah, and I grew up in that area, so it's yeah. cool to see it. Um, in a lot of comics, Northeast Ohio is, but mm-hmm. it's, it was cool to see it in the show. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's sad. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, thanks for
2: that. Uh, do you go to the, your local comic shop and get those you you have them delivered? How, how do you usually get your comics?
1: Yeah. Local comic shop. I moved to awesome. a new neighbor. I live in Los Angeles. I moved to a new neighborhood about a year ago and they're all my last neighborhood. I could walk to the shop, which was amazing. So I, w- I would go there every Tuesday and Wednesday <laughs> and hang out. They, they knew who I was. I would just walk my dog and just stop by. It was, it was, a, it was so easy. Just go get the comics, be home in like 20 mm-hmm. minutes. And now each comic book shop, um, they're they're about a half hour away. So it's a much yeah, bigger commitment and harder. Yeah. But then now I found one, which I can't believe I didn't know about, which is about 15 minutes away. So the, yesterday was only my second time ever going to that shop. It was in Santa Monica called Heidi Ho Comics. Mm-hmm. It was cool. Yeah, awesome. It was a cool story. Yeah. All right. Well,
2: let's let's get into this book a little bit. Uh, you want, can you tell us a little bit about how I became a shoplifter?
1: yeah so how i became a shoplifter it's a three issue mini series but each uh book has three main chapters and the, the issue 1 has a prologue and issue 3 has an epilogue and it's a, mm-hmm. each chapter is a different year you follow these characters uh from age 12 uh to age 19 it's 1996 to 2003 and you get to see them essentially just using petty crime to help their life sometimes in a good way sometimes just being dickhead kids yeah. um but yeah <laughs> But at the end of the day, they're they're trying to be good kids and they're really good at petty Mm -hmm. crime. And it's the last time you could do a lot of these crimes because there weren't cameras everywhere like there are now. And it's a book. Yeah. None of them have cell phones in the book. None of them have social media. Uh, So it's the the final generation where they're all entering adulthood, where none of that has touched their life and none of that's documented besides maybe Polaroid images. Right.
2: (laughs) Yeah. True.
1: Awesome. Yeah. all right go ahead i was gonna say yeah an issue one i guess you already said that Yeah. issue one came out a couple months ago now issue three is about to come out next week and then a trade that has a bonus chapter and yes. we did 15 covers for this book so then a cover Ooh. gallery of all That's the different covers wow
0: i'm looking forward to that oh yeah i'm definitely getting the definitely. trade i mean this the, the book was, was amazing yeah <laughs> oh thank you yeah okay well it was awesome so so thank you've you. been a musician in some capacity most of your life <laughs> So recently you've entered the world of comics. What made you choose comics as your next media?
1: Well, in 2014, it was my New Year's resolution to get a hobby that wasn't music related because I was finding I was a professional drummer. Mm -hmm. And then for at this point, over a decade, and then I'm like every hobby I got, not even hobbies, just everything I did in my spare time was furthering my musical knowledge in another way. I went to college for orchestrating, went to college for songwriting, all while being on tour with bands. I was just everything I did. Maybe I'd be making a living playing the drums, but then at night I'd be studying bass or doing something else, studying wow. engineering. And then uh, I, I realized that I'd been doing that for too long. So I, I I wanted a hobby that wasn't music related. And somehow a lot of my friends were getting into coffee. Uh, I decided to get into comic books. And then the first I forget the name of the venue I was playing, but the first trade I bought was in Phoenix, where you guys live. I bought the uh, Batman Nightfall trade it was my first uh, the volume one. It's like a giant mm-hmm. thick yeah, book. I it. I think it was the the Marquee Theater, I think, was the name of the venue. I could be yeah. wrong. I suppose. Um, I believe a, it
0: is. You know, yeah. The Marquee
1: is one of our hey, venues. A comic, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. There was a comic book store next to it, and I bought that. Because a, um, it was recommended to me, but then also a distant cousin. I, I shouldn't say like, he and I, we are or were related. He's not alive anymore. Norm Breifogel did draw yeah. a lot of it. And so that was really trippy for the first book Then that I bought to be like, let me get back into comics. And when I say back into comics, I was never someone going to the comic book store as a kid. But I definitely would buy Simpsons comics occasionally. Like if I was at Borders Books or something, and I would buy... Uh, anytime Jane saw the Bobbitt comics, I would like buy those, but I wasn't, I easily could have got into comics. I don't know why I didn't. I was just like, Oh yeah, Kevin Smith. Oh, I'm in. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. bought the trades, but then never ventured back. I think it's because I got confused a few times reading an X-Men comic. That I was like, let's say issue 40 <laughs> or something. <laughs> okay. And I didn't. And I was just like, <laughs> I don't not, know what's going on. No
2: idea what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> and you mentioned Kevin Smith. I think one, one of the, the first in the first issue have a clerks like homage, uh, cover yep. right is it totally yeah i mean, Chris yeah, that and was are so both much big, fun uh, yeah smith we're big, big
0: so. smog cast fans yeah and just to find out that you know i've loved kevin smith since clerks uh everything yeah. he's done and then to find out that he was starting to write storylines for comic books and then directing comic book tv shows so yeah that's that even yeah. bonus bonus of being kevin, kevin smith fan
1: Totally. Yeah. Like my wife and I loved and still it's over now, but comic book men like still wasn't yeah. in the comics, but I watched it every week. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I don't <clears throat> know why I wasn't buying comics. And then like, like a friend of ours uh, would always perform in comedy groups at the, at the Meltdown Theater, which was in the back of Meltdown Comics yeah. in yeah. L.A. And I would just walk right through the comic <laughs> store, not pay any attention and go to the show. But then that all changed in 2014. I got that trade. Mm. And then I was into it and my last name was everywhere. Norm would put it like on graves or game shows in the book. Yeah, 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 it was cool. And then after that, then I got into now we're like early 2015. I really got into Chip Zdarsky's Howard the Duck um, and then got into Terry Moore. Really Mm -hmm. um, a good friend of mine, Sean, he recommended Terry Moore. I, I don't think I would have discovered him for a couple more years and then just got into everything he had ever written at that point. And at that point, I really didn't have a hard line. I really didn't know the difference of a Marvel DC or an indie book. I mean, I knew certain characters I recognized from movies and stuff, but I would just went in. It was fun to be my late 20s, early 30s, like grabbing just like a whole new hobby and just like, here we go. Like I, I was totally unbiased. I feel like with music, by the time I was 14, I would let's say by the time I was 16, bands like Good Charlotte, um, were coming out, and I was already like, "Nope, fuck that." I like rancid, <laughs> like yeah, I'm not you know, into. Yeah. It. But I didn't have that at all with comics. I was just like a, a clean slate. Awesome. Yeah, that's that's Jared for me. Jared is my
0: because I've grown yeah. up with comics since I was a little kid, and but I've always mm-hmm. like stuck to Marvel and DC, and you know every once in a while I'll get an indie, indie and read it. <laughs> but for the most part, all the comics I've read from as a little kid was always been. Marvel at DC. Started mostly with DC and then moved into Marvel. And then when I met Jared, he introduced me like the world of indies. And that's why oh, we nice. really why we started this podcast was because we want everyone out there to know that there's not, you know, there's more out there than just Marvel and DC. And there are some amazing books out there like yours, for example. I mean, yours was oh, amazing. So that's, that was really nice. And that's why we started this podcast because Jared has introduced me to so many good things. Yeah. I mean, he introduced me to Saga. The saga. Yeah. He introduced me to oh, Why the Last awesome. Man. Um, amazing. And then during our podcast, uh, a whole bunch that we've either loved or uh, I could have taken or leaving. But
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that that's awesome. That's that's amazing. And so, and then so once I got into comics. I pretty much immediately started writing them like a few months since early 2015, a movie, American Splendor really inspired Mm -hmm. me where there's a scene where Harvey P. Gar is doing it with stick figures. And I was just like, Oh, you're, Oh, I can do that. At this point, I have no aspiration to be a professional comic book writer. I'm just making at that point. I was just um, making stories of my life on tour. uh, Cause I Mm. was kind of living a circus esque life. Like I would be, I was in a band, but I would also do a lot of work drumming for solo artists. So those tours, I'd be out with someone for, let's say, six weeks, and then they all go home to their friends and family, and I'd start a new tour the next day with some other solo artist with a whole bunch of strangers I don't know the next day. So I would just be writing these wacky stories. And then in 2016, I put out a music video for my solo project, which I go under the name Birds in the Airport. And that that video, I wrote and directed it. And it was the first time I worked with a comic book artist. And then for Bird in the Airport, I play all of the instruments. And so it kind of ate up a giant chunk of my life. And that was the first time I was like, oh, I can just like write the script, make it detailed, give references. And then this artist does this. And then we come back and finish it. And that really inspired me. And then that's when I wrote my first miniseries, which still might see the light of day. Uh, Issue one has been done twice by two different art teams. So mm. it might come back around. It was called subterranean. That was in 2016 when I wrote that. And then um, in 2018, there was like a, a chance of it maybe getting published. And I think that's when I really got the bug to be like, okay, I'm going to get something published. And that's when I started how I became a shoplifter. Awesome.
2: Yeah. So, in how I became a shoplifter, we talked about there, we have three issues, 11 chapters throughout in every every chapter we have a no a different a different team the decision making or decision process and not sticking with one our team throughout the whole series
1: yeah a lot of it i i seeing old pictures of myself as a kid or seeing my friends we d- do look different each year yeah so i thought that would be a cool approach and then also it was i was an unpublished author just hitting people up out of the blue I was having a really hard time getting people to commit to drawing 120 pages. So to get someone to commit to eight pages, I really were. And then I got some amazing artists like Daniel Hilliard. I, I wrote a mini-series called Father Figure before how I became a shoplifter and how I became a shoplifter was supposed to all be flashbacks in Father Figure. And I contacted him about doing that book. <laughs> And he just said his uh, schedule was too busy. And then when COVID happened, I was already two years into this book and had a bunch of five-page chapters done. And then to get someone like him involved, there's no way I could have got someone at his level to commit to 120 pages. So I got him. That was just luck how that happened. And then certain people, yeah, to be able to... I would have loved it to... I guess I loved it also as a networking experience. I loved it to be like, I'm going to... I now know a whole bunch of artists and you know, it's a five page story. Don't it's not as much stress as if you work with one artist and 60 pages in, mm-hmm. you realize you don't like each other or something <laughs> like it was a totally, yeah, right. right, yeah, a totally different experience. And it was, it was pretty wild that like then, cause the book started really taking shape in 2020 started on it in 2018. The art for it started in 2019, in 2020, once Daniel did a chapter and once Davide Pupo, he did a chapter yep. called The Lucrative Lives of Busboys. Mm-hmm. And then Antonio Fabella colored that chapter. And once that was done, it was just like uh, the book had elevated. And then certain chapters were redone then. So certain chapters were drawn more than once. Uh, that'll be some of the bonus material in the trade. So this has been part of my life for many years now. It's it's, uh, it's wild. It's still going on. Um, the trade Once the trade comes out later this year, then that'll be... Uh, That'll be it for this, but it'll be like a four or five year process. Wow.
2: Yeah, I think uh, you did a great job of picking uh, the different artists. It wasn't like, I know we've all gone through a, reading a trade and go from one issue to the next. And you can see, like, you can definitely tell it's a different artist. It's just completely different where this, even though yeah, the characters look different a little bit throughout the chapters, I felt it was pretty consistent throughout. Yeah. It wasn't anything where it's like, uh, you know, I could tell,
0: Right. One artist exactly. from
2: you know, distinctively from the other, okay. really. So yeah,
0: it flowed nicely. Flowful. Yeah. It flowed so nicely. Uh, thanks. I it's one awesome of my movie. the favorite one of the, the when they're doing the psychiatrist, the therapy, family therapy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Art, I love that art. I mean, just the way that he drew when he was telling his story, <laughs> his dream. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, totally. I love
2: that I love that part. It was like <laughs> what his brother did. It was well, nice. I literally laughed out loud <laughs> yeah, when he too. when he said <laughs> it at the end. He was like,
0: Oh, it just... it just it was so <laughs> it was just exactly what therapy's like, where she was all excited that he had a breakthrough and you know he's now come to terms and you find out what his brother did, and you're like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It was brilliant, really. So oh, thanks speaking, so much. Speaking of the art, so one of my favorite stories was chapter four, The Taste of Ink. And in that, Phil is trying to find out a loophole, because the tattoo artists they like, of course, will not put uh, rock bands on people, you know, which is correct. <laughs> and so they come up with this ingenious idea to make like a picture that represents all these rock bands. Uh, when, we, when both of us were talking about, that picture was amazing. So who came up with the concept for that panel? Uh, did, did you guys collaborate that process, or did you tell them what you wanted? And then they sent it and they drew it up, or did you actually
1: mock them up for them? Yeah, so for that page, it it was my idea. Wong drew it, but yeah, no, I sent a very detailed uh, list. That page had, I believe, 200 picture references (laughs) uh, in the script. And that page was incredibly hard to write, and I'm sure incredibly hard to draw. Mm -hmm. I can't even imagine drawing that. Uh, But that was inspired, that story was inspired by two things. Um, Gonna name drop my friend again, Sean. He, when we were kids, one of our favorite bands was Silver Chair, and his dad wouldn't let him get band tattoos. So he was going to get a silver chair tattooed on his arm. And it never happened. So that was the main one of the main inspirations for it. And then the other was when I was around that same age, maybe a little older, I was going to get a sleeve of Freddy Krueger tattoos. Right. And then I was gonna get myself tattooed on myself. And then every tattoo I got, they'd have to give little me the tattoo mm-hmm. as well. And I'm really happy I didn't do that. No. But um, <laughs> uh, so wow. those two things are what inspired that story. The first time I wrote that chapter, it was all about Freddy Krueger tattoos. And it was about Phil being scared to take his shirt off in front of a girl and then having to explain why he has himself tattooed on himself with Freddy Krueger tattoos on his <laughs> other arm. Um, but yeah, but for all the bands, yeah, that was a, a fun experiment to, uh, yeah, band. The story is based in July of 2000. So the band mm-hmm. had to be somewhat was, known right. um, by July of 2000. It was ingenious. It, it, we <laughs> sat there, I mean, we were trying
0: to figure out all the band names without looking at the answers and hey, did you get any before well, the answers? Of them. you know yeah. some of them you didn't realize that were like double answers like, I got, like the, yeah. I got the cranberries but i didn't realize that was also bush right um, yeah and, like the chair with the third eye blind and the flaming lips and you're like <laughs> yeah oh flaming lips i'm like fire breathers I yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah some were a little more obvious than yeah, yeah.
2: like the smoking popes that was like yeah okay
0: and some I were was, like somewhere i just don't get it and then you see what the answer is like the offspring. Like, oh, yeah. oh and, the, uh,
2: and, the, and the meat puppets, so and the meat puppets.
0: Like, <laughs> I got, me. the, you <laughs> yeah. got that one. Oh, yeah, um, you it was that, that panel was amazing. It was like having a game within a comic. It was like, hey, I gotta
1: take a little break from reading and do some fun stuff. It's like, <laughs> it was awesome. Good job.
0: Yeah,
2: super fun. Thanks.
1: It's really cool to hear that it worked. That That page oh. was done April 2020, and I really haven't heard much feedback until. This year till this round of podcasts I, and stuff. So it's really cool yeah, to hear that it yeah, worked. It, it was, worked. It
2: it was, was an amazing panel. Yeah, it was good to have the answers in the back. So yeah, that we,
1: was also good too. <laughs> That
2: helped too. It was a little well, bit like, we'd, we'd still be thinking about it at this point. Because I, I was mean,
0: thinking yeah. what the panel, a couple panels right before, you have the list of bands that he wants mm-hmm, to do. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, they're the answers. Let's go look for them. But there were yeah, like yeah. way more in that than just that little list.
1: <laughs> uh, so yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. Nice. Thank you. Yeah, that was. A really fun fun story to draw sorry to write and then a fun story yeah a lot of those bands i grew up loving so it's yeah, me fun too. to put them in yeah,
0: definitely
1: yeah because that's around my 20s is that the era yeah. this is is around my
0: 20s yeah, yeah. so i know all those bands and i grew up with my for those bands i love those bands today to this totally day. day i still love most of them mm-hmm. They're on my playlist yeah, yeah definitely mm-hmm.
2: uh well uh, as we were talking about earlier about music and how it's um been a big part of your life throughout your life um so we're just curious how has uh your has been in your past as being a musician helped you in your writing process and also with the subject matter?
1: It definitely helps me with knowing when something is done. <laughs> Like the, the the cliche answer would be someone being like, you get the chills or something. If you're producing a song, a lot of times if I'm producing a song with a group of people and we all start laughing because something, something excites us so much, that's normally a good sign, even if it's a serious song. I think getting those feelings of, because it's normally here, me by myself typing on my laptop and just the like, oh yeah, like there's that. Because also when you start as a musician or start any art form, I started when I was let's say 11 years old, first song you write, you think it's brilliant. And then when you're 12, (laughs) you realize it's not good at all. I think I did get a lot of that out of my system where when I started writing comics, I wasn't like, oh, I wrote this. This is brilliant. It wasn't that (laughs) at all. I was going in as someone who had, um, it's a different art form, but someone who'd been creating art for 20 years. I I think that did help a lot to, um, or to get pages back, If some you got to trust your gut, like I feel like even some of the first pages I got back, let's say six seven years ago, I just thought they were brilliant. And then you realize it's so hard to tell to give an artist notes when you can't draw. So I'm getting better at that. So that that's, I guess that's different than with with music. I guess with music, I can give notes to someone playing an instrument. I don't play, yeah. So I guess it helped with that too. I got that out of my system where you just think something's brilliant because you made it. Um, I'm happy I got that out of the way. And then just knowing the feeling of when something is landing correctly. Or sometimes if if a page turn, I really view, if you're writing a pop song of, of any even pop punk or anything, when the chorus hits, if it hits, if it's obvious that it's the chorus, then that's, that's good. I feel like sometimes with a page turn, I go for that exact feeling as well, of the, like you don't see that coming, you're like, oh, awesome. That sort of feeling. Yeah, yes. could see
0: that. So with your, with your stories, I know you had said in the past that they're not really based on your true life. They're, you know, fiction with scenarios that you may have had in life. Did touring, because I used to be a roadie, and so I know stuff that goes <laughs> on, on on tours and backstage and uh did any of that influence like how your stories progressed with things that were going
1: on not as much with how i became a shoplifter but other stories i've written i um, the one called subterranean that i talked about oh. absolutely that story is inspired by that part of my life nice and then i have another another mini series that won't come out for a few years it's called generation numb it's about a band called generation numb definitely playing in bands inspired that Nice. But things from my life as far as concerts or things like that, because like, a lot of these stories are based or in, in inspired by stories from my youth. So I wasn't really on tour yet, but I did in the book, there's a chapter where the characters uh, sneak backstage at a Smash Mouth concert to uh, get their autographs That's for fun. girls. Mm-hmm. I did do that. <laughs> nice. Um, awesome. And I, I, I'm so I, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say, I'm gonna assume it didn't end the same way. <laughs> yeah, no. Okay. no, in the book it ended a little differently, but in real life, um, the opening band for Mash Mouth, we'll call them, was yeah. uh, yeah, I had seen them the previous year a few times opening for a band called MXPX, and we had had a lot of conversations, yeah. and then no one was going to see them for <laughs> Mash Mouth. They were, um, and I was there with my friend, and they were. They gave us backstage passes. And I think that was the first time I ever had one in my life, like a real one, like the same one they had. And my naive 15-year-old brain, I was just like, well, I'm allowed anywhere. And (laughs) I had printed a computer image of Smash Mouth that I wanted to get autographed for this girl. And we're just walking around backstage and going into dressing rooms, straight up like where the showers are. And going into Smash Mouth's dressing room and having them sign this printed uh, computer piece of paper. They did sign it. And the singer totally was annoyed with us, as he should be. At the time, I was like, what a dick. Like, (laughs) I have the ass. (laughs) I'm allowed here. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, like Wayne's World. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So then they signed the picture, but they blew it too. Cause then I told them the story of why I was doing it. And they're like, what's her name? And then they put our names and put a big heart around it. And I was like, I can't give her that. Like, cause like we weren't, we weren't dating. I didn't want to be like, I I was doing it to be like, yeah, I'm cool. I know mash mouth, but um, smash mouth. Um, So that picture, I don't know where that is. It's probably in my mom's basement somewhere. But um, so that was inspired by my life, but not as much from touring, but like, but yeah, the first stories I ever wrote were all inspired by touring. And if that book ever happens, it would just be called Gun for Hire. Um, maybe it will happen eventually. But oh, I, have a, a lo- I, I write a lot. But yeah, that one's inspired by um, my lifestyle at the time, 10 years ago, of just constantly being on tour with strangers mm-hmm. and being the only person on the tour who's like your own <coughs> independent contractor. Everyone else has their own agenda. Some They're pushing an album. They're doing this. I'm like, I'm here to play drums yeah. and... Uh, Geeks of right Make now. My music. <laughs> Fresh out <added> of drums. <laughs> uh, yes.
0: <laughs> nice. I love They Live. <laughs> yeah, one, of, one of the best. Um, so, you know, speaking of record labels, so How I Became a Shoplifter is published by Sumerian Comics, which is also a record label. Uh, was the fact they also produced music a big factor
1: in your decision to publish with them? It was when I signed the deal with them, they were called Behemoth Comics. Mm-hmm. And... Behemoth still put out vinyl records uh, of the bands and I, I had a contract from a different publisher and then I Behemoth was still pretty new when, when I learned who they were. And then I was just like, Oh no, this is where the book belongs just with their vibe and the book, I, I went out and bought a lot of their books, one called cinnamon that I really liked mm-hmm. and one called blackout. And I just thought the book belonged there and I sent them at that point the the essentially the trade was done there were there were there were only one there was only there were three covers made there weren't we ended up doing 15 covers so besides the covers the book was just finished and sent them the finished product sent them the the trailer for it and uh nathan from sumerian behemoth at the time responded like within 10 minutes which most publishers it was like months right, months and mm-hmm. then it was just like this is cool and i was like this is cool and we had a phone call and then um <clears throat> yeah, signed with Behemoth and then it became Sumerian, but music was always a part of it. There's still talk, I don't know if it's going to happen, still talk of putting out a Seven Inch with a version of The Trade. Uh, I have some new songs, uh, Birds in the Airport songs that aren't out yet. Um, that would be cool to put out Seven Inch with it. Uh, but yeah, just their whole overall vibe, like their punk and metal yeah, uh, aesthetic all around, pre-Sumerian, but then mm-hmm. with Sumerian. Absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. awesome. So we were talking about a little
2: about Jeff Lemire earlier. I, I noticed on your Instagram, you had made some music for, was it Royal City? Yeah. And you're doing that as a therapeutic process. Is that something that is, that's just a hobby. Is that something you see yourself doing more of? And what can we hope to see for how it became a shoplifter in future uh, project as far as music?
1: So those, yeah, I wanted to make, cause there's, It's fun because there's no sound in comic books. So Mm -hmm. it's not like it's a TV show where obviously the theme song would influence. Like if I did a piece of music for Rick and Morty, like the influence is already there. They already have sound. Um, So I did that in October and really loved making it. They're they're one-minute pieces of music my initial goal was to just make 10 out of comic books that I love mm-hmm. and then put it out under birds in the airport and just have it called um, songs to walk alone to, mm-hmm. uh, or songs to walk alone to at night. Um, there's an artist called Luna Lee who I really like, and she puts out normal songs that are say two and a half, three minutes long. And then she also has these albums that are just these one minute little jams that are awesome. And it serves a different purpose. It's cool to just have it on in the background or while you're walking or doing what a totally different vibe and i was really inspired hearing that that you can just make these little one minute blasts if be it inspiration or be it seeing the book and 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 scoring a book essentially Mm -hmm. Uh, but as far as for for my books for how i became a shoplifter yeah there's the two songs i mentioned earlier i would like those to come out with it the trailer for how i became a shoplifter i did the music uh there's two trailers for it. i did the music for those those are more in the vein of of the the book like they're like right. 90s Warped mm-hmm. tour type band music um i have a book called father figure which is the um some ways the follow-up to how i became a shoplifter it has the same main character but he's 35 i, I don't think i'm really gonna call it a sequel but because it's a totally different feeling a different type of book that book is what I'm working on now every day issue three the art is finished now so um artist has the art for issue four it's a four issue miniseries that's a uh, Juan Romero he did the tattoo story Taste of Ink he's okay, the artist awesome. on, on the whole book that one I definitely ha- am going to be writing music for the trailers I'm not sure if it'll have um, like the score for it. I guess I should do that if I'm doing it for other people's comics. But I guess when I do it for other people's comics, it's more just like like Royal City, really. Um, I don't know why, but it affects me when I read it, just the, the story with the art, with everything, mm-hmm. I love it. So it's a really sad piece of music. And um, I edited together a little short video of, of clips from it to match the music. And yeah, it's a depressing little video, but uh, that's why it's a therapeutic process. Yeah, mm-hmm. I normally Absolutely. do it. I, yeah, so I think most will be more. Um, don't want to say bummer comics, but most will be more sad things. I, I started yeah. mm-hmm. writing one for for Little Monsters, which was fun, but I don't think that would work with the uh, songs to walk alone to at night yeah. vibe. Gotcha. gotcha. Nice.
0: Well, a little side note: like while I was doing the research, I did listen to Birds in the Airport. Is that right? Yeah. Uh mm-hmm. yeah. and it's really good. Your music is really good. Uh, <laughs> it's you. really nice to like just put in the background while you're reading or doing things. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, nice job. No question
1: there. Thanks so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, thanks so much. It was, it was like such a giant part of my life for a while where I've kind of comics took over, which I would have been shocked to learn that back when I was doing birds in the airport. It was, it was, 10, 12 hours a day every day. I was just I, I didn't know how to orchestrate when I got the idea to do it. So I went to college to orchestrate just so I could make those songs. Nice. Um but I I just should get back into it. Um but yeah I have a lot of songs written and just haven't been haven't toured as birds in the airport or played shows in five years under that name, like singing. But it was a lot of fun back when day I, I, I would sing and I would have a string quartet live yeah, and nice. then like nice. hip hop beats on the tracks. So it was cool. awesome um,
0: so Along that lines, are you still doing music? Is that still a big part of your life, or are you more focusing now on the comic book aspects?
1: I'm not touring at all now, okay. really, and that, that was an intentional decision I made in like 2017, 2018, and then I guess it was a good decision in yeah. 2020. Um, yeah, a lot, yeah, a lot of friends who had very rough right. 18 months there. Uh, but I still compose music here and there. I compose music for podcasts. I did one called uh, buried bones uh, came out a few months ago. I did one for the uh, same uh, network called exactly right. I've done a handful of podcasts they, they they're who put out uh, my favorite murder. Oh, yeah. I've done, uh, mm-hmm. I, I love working with them and have done three or four of their podcasts. And then as far as movie trailers, I, I composed music for movie trailers uh, last year, I did a couple. I did a, a Chris Pratt movie called The Terminal List, yeah. mm-hmm. and then I did a Kevin Hart movie called The Man from Toronto, okay, yeah. um, which which that one's on Netflix. So if yeah. you like, look oh, for cool. it on Netflix. That I've music there. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. And um, yeah, so most of those uh, they they're not a big part of my day anymore. I got a a, a text today that another piece landed in the trailer because a lot of those. A good friend of mine his names John Harvey. He and I composed hundreds and hundreds of these trailer cues uh, uh, for specific genres. And then you sign little deals for like these 10 tracks. This company has the rights to go and get this placed in a trailer. This company has these 10. And so they're all out there floating around. I'll, I'll land a trailer here and there, but maybe I did the music two years ago. Um, so that's my long answer right now, though. No, I'm, I'm writing comics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so, the answers are great.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay. um, well, that's cool. Cause every trailer you said, I've seen the trailers and the movies. Um, oh, so, cool. yeah. uh, okay. So my, my kind of final question is, so what are three comic books that inspired you and you would recommend listeners to read? And it doesn't have to do anything with how I became a shoplifter just in your life in general.
1: I think I said some already, but I'll, I'll Harry Moore's echo. I'll say that just an amazing book, <laughs> "Sex Criminals" by Matt Fraction and Chip Zdarsky. That's on my list it right is, now. <laughs> you know. oh, oh, awesome! Yeah, it, your list to read. You haven't read it yet. Yeah, I haven't read it yet. It's
0: in my list. Oh. We we read so many for the podcast that we try to. I try to get new ones in for just me, yeah. um, but it gets really hard when we're like reading all of them for the podcast, and then. Like okay, now I'm gonna be that. Totally. But but yeah, sex criminals is already in my checkout list. So it in is my, incredible. My I yeah I haven't read it either, but
2: it's on my it's definitely on my list.
1: It's so. so good. I guess saga is such a a typical answer, but saga. I before they started coming back out this year, I know they came out last year with the sick and i read them and then reading those last year made me realize i really needed to start from the beginning again because it had been way too long so this year Mm -hmm. i've read every single Mm -hmm. issue again Mm -hmm. and it was really cool it was cool to what i remember you forget so much and you remember so much it was fascinating to me sometimes you'd forget an entire scene, but sometimes remember one certain line of dialogue, like you can be a pacifist or a writer, but you can't be both. Like, I don't know, that line really stuck with me. Yeah. And um, yeah, yeah. so I love that book. It's yep. I feel like it's cliche yeah. to say that, but it's cliche for a reason, because yeah. it's, it's phenomenal. I was just going to say, it's yeah.
0: for a reason. That book is, the, the one thing we love about Saga is, even though all the characters are like from different planets and different races, it would fit if they put it on Earth with just normal people because the dialogue isn't anything different than what we speak. No. And not to mention, just the storyline is amazing, and you never know who is going to be in the next issue. And they, like like yeah. no one is safe in Saga. Uh, it is <laughs> yeah. an amazing book.
1: So, yeah, I, that, it's a cliche for a reason. I agree. Yeah, I love, love it. And another book which I have all the issues but one – which I've only read four of them so far, but I really am loving it. It's popular for a reason too. Eight billion genies, mm-hmm. pretty good. Have you guys yeah. heard of that book or read that book?
2: I've I definitely heard about it. Oh. I'm waiting for the for the trade or the or the a, um, deluxe hardcover to come out because they usually we're kind of trade waiters a little bit, and you know, except for for your book, um, a lot yeah. of times we, we, we you know, especially for our show, we wait till it's in, a, in, in at least uh, volume one, and so we can talk about the whole volume, and so. Yeah, so once that comes out, we're, I mean, we're definitely going to have it on our show. Yep.
1: Yeah. Thanks. And one more book, It's Lonely at the Center of the Earth by mm-hmm. Zoe Thurgood. Yeah. It's
2: incredible. Yep. Yeah. We just did it a couple episodes ago. We did. Yep. We talked about that one. Awesome. We, we both really, really liked it a lot. Yeah, it was,
0: we uh, yeah. Go ahead. it was basically when we like scanned through the pages and we were both looking at it going, I oh, don't know if this is going to be but it was it was such a good book. I mean, just you felt her mental issues
1: through that whole book. Uh, it was amazing. Yeah, I I highly agree with that one as well. I loved it. I read it in one sitting, which I never yeah. really do. <laughs>
0: it yeah. was awesome. Yeah. All right, awesome. Um, well, we thought we'd give you uh, just a little taste of what we thought of your your books uh, of your Let's how I. Uh became a shoplifter. Um uh, again, I mean, it's probably no secret. We loved this book. I mean, when the two come out, we should probably do it on the podcast, just your book, because it was amazing. When the, the trade comes out. You know how you were like when the trade comes out? Yeah, we think we're gonna do a, an actual episode of our podcast on your book. You get oh, other awesome. people to listen to them to read this book. Um you were saying that how like some books do a feeling for you i mean Mm -hmm. most of your songs are very depressing but yours was it made me feel like the 90s again i it was it reminded me a lot of a more normal beavis and butthead um you know not so over the top they were just kids getting into trouble you know they were all about girls you know tattoos music um it was just it was so well written that every storyline you never knew what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you like think something else is going to happen. Like, for example, we're not going to ruin it. But the uh, the where they have the job at the restaurant, the heist, yes. that was <laughs> one of those where you're just like, oh, come on, guys. Yeah. Um, and you're like, <laughs> you're like really?
2: I mean, yeah.
0: You guys did not. And then the ending just surprises you. Um, the art was and like I said, it didn't bother us that you had numerous artists. Because the art just flowed so nicely uh, through comic to comic. And even though you could read, I mean, I don't recommend reading out of order. Because the whole point is to watch them grow from 12 to 20. Um, But you can if you want to. But uh, Mm -hmm. each story, even though it was a separate entity, matched. I mean, it was a perfect flow for their ages Mm -hmm. to see them grow from 12 years old to 20. Uh, it it was perfect. Uh yeah. Jared?
2: Yeah, I totally agree. It was very <laughs> very uh nostalgic for me because I graduated in two thousand, so I was basically the same age as the characters during this time frame. So it really just like took me back to that time, even though I, I you know I didn't do nearly as you know, anything like these guys did, but <laughs> I definitely, you know, you know, did my fair share of hijinks and things like that and had friends that that maybe, you know, did a little bit more, but it definitely just yeah, took me like, transporting it back to that time. And yeah, just the, I just couldn't, once I read the first two, I was like, I had to, I just wanted to keep going. It's just, I, I mean, I, it really was, it was one of my top reads of this year, probably maybe my, my favorite read of the year. And I think it'll be hard for, to, to knock it off just so that it was brilliant throughout um, from start to finish.
0: Yeah. I'm sad. It's only three issues. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, wow. I, would, I would, I would love this as a series, just watching them grow from twelve to twenty.
2: Right. The amount of of the storytelling yeah. in here, and just the the depth of everything in these in the three short issues, is phenomenal. So, just the amount amount that you packed in there, you know, and some people you can't do that in ten issues. So, I just, I thought that was awesome.
0: And just seeing the Thanks friendship so between Phil and Ethan. I mean, even though they're 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 acting like punks, they're not bad kids. They're, I mean. You know, yeah. they're getting into hijinks and they're doing things they shouldn't. I mean, the first issue, I mean, the, the whole point of how I became a shoplifter, but what they do with that is just amazing of how they get back at each other. Um, it's just, you know, that's what I liked about them. They weren't characters that you're like, yeah. I mean, I'm almost yeah. 50 years old. So, you know, sometimes I look at kids and go, folks. punks. <laughs> but like, I read these going, I, they're, they're actually good kids. Yeah. They just, you know, they do, you, teenagers right. they're not they're not murdering people they're not stealing like a lot of money they're not hurting anyone they're just yeah. you know living yeah. out their lives the way they want to and that that's what i loved about it i love the characters i didn't sit yeah. there going uh little Vandals." Right. You, like,
2: <laughs> you just like them from, from, the, from the get-go from the
0: very get-go yeah even when they're like doing what <sighs> they're doing in the very first like pre the introduction of them and how they're Doing their first vandalism. Uh yeah. and then I'm like, yeah, they're just kids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I did love, I I have to give you little props. And in the vandal scene, they put forks in yeah. the grass, which is something I had
1: done in high school to people. <laughs>
0: He did they forked the grass
1: <laughs> yeah i did that in high school i did that the week before i turned 18 it's probably too late to do it but i was like i can't do this when i'm an adult like we better go do this now yeah i
0: did the tp and the forking of some houses like we're like well yeah. we're gonna yeah. be graduating here pretty soon we should probably <laughs> yeah. this the, the, we've been doing this when we're in college <laughs>
1: Um, I can't believe yeah. I didn't put a, a prank phone calling there. I wrote one. It's not oh, in there. Yeah. If there ever, I would maybe do, cause this book issue one and two is side a and issue three it's is side B thing. there. Side C and D the ideas exist. I don't think it would happen for a long time unless oh. a miracle happens. It would be cool. Side C would be Molly and Mindy's stories. Okay. Of, um, nice. They'd be the main characters. And oh, side yeah. D there'd definitely be a, a prank phone calling uh totally prank phone calling. I, I was way too into prank phone calling. Yeah. I got in in yeah. fifth in fifth grade. I uh I prank phone called a lot of people, but my brother told me to prank phone call this one family and I was just like, oh, you want me to do that? You got it. I didn't even know who I was calling and was calling them every, every day and prank phone calling them. And then the police called our house one morning. Oh and i just totally played dumb i was like i don't know who that guy is like i knew exactly what was going on and then in fifth grade uh, over the loudspeaker at the school they're like canton wrath will come to the office and uh get taken to the police station read my rights <laughs> oh, and uh, <laughs> who was it Did you find yeah. out who you were who you were actually Oh, I knew who I knew this person. I mean, this dude in my brother's grade. I mean, okay. I never met the guy. But right. Yeah, they didn't press charges, but yeah, it was it was scary for an eleven year old.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I would love this. I would love for you to come out with a C and B. I would be the first yeah, to buy them. Absolutely. So uh,
1: don't don't put that put that to the side. But
0: yeah, you know, maybe
1: in the future, I would love to do. There's yeah. one one of the Polaroids in the prologue. It's on the bottom right of the page. Mm-hmm. There's a an apartment building burning down and you see Mm -hmm. Phil standing in front of it, that's inside D. That's the only thing hinted at. But again, none of that, none of those are even scripted. Just I have the ideas. And then uh, Father Figure is what's coming out next Mm -hmm. as far as the creator own stuff. And I want to do a lot more licensed stuff like writing for other companies, but still my main stuff is my main goal. But then after that, I I have Generation Num written. I have one called The Future Ain't What It Used To Be. Then maybe side C and D.
0: Well, I, I see a can for yeah. you in comic books. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks. So since you already started talking about it, let's go into that. So uh, so what's next for Tom Breitfogle? What other comics are we looking forward to? Are we gonna look forward to?
1: So Father Figure would be as far as me finishing it—that's the next one. Um, I would hope, as far as it being released as well. But yeah, father figure—it's the character of Phil, but he's thirty-five years old. It's—it's um, it's like Robin Hood meets Reservoir Dogs. What I've been trying to uh, say—it's he and his newly discovered kleptomatic teenage son travel the American Midwest, committing disturbing. I forget the exact word. I'm trying to think of the exact thing I wrote in the pitch. Committing uh, intricate yet disturbing robberies to evil people. So it's steal from the rich, well, give to the poor, but nice. th- they steal from mainly evil people. So that's the uh, that's Father Figures, a four issue miniseries. Each issue is 32 pages. So it's almost more like five, five, six issues mm-hmm. in length. Yeah. Um, it's finished being written. Yeah. Issues one through three are done being drawn. Issue four is, uh, beginning to be drawn. Hopefully that one comes out early next year. And then, uh, the one I'm most excited about is called generation numb, but I don't think art will start for that until this is done. So get that. And then, uh, yeah, I really want to do, uh, comics for other companies, uh, licensed material. And I've been doing a lot of pitches for, um, I can't say who or anything, but like a lot of bands of writing <laughs> comics for bands, writing graphic novels. Nice. So I've written 11, 11 pitches. I haven't um, haven't scripted a full one yet, but I've been doing that a lot lately. Nice, cool. Yeah, um, that, my 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 goal would be Howard the Duck and Batman.
0: Oh, that'd be awesome! Oh, that. <laughs> Batman, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Kind
1: of full <laughs> yeah, of
2: course. Yeah, you gotta write. You gotta write Batman at some point, right? You're yeah. right, <laughs> Fogel. That's right. You got to put your oh, name yeah, on no, two <laughs> Have your name in the have your name on some and <laughs> yeah. all the great
0: sites and so Just have them at a theater with created... your name on lights, <laughs>
1: <laughs> just everywhere. <laughs> just he everywhere. create co-created a character called Anarchy, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I have a Batman pitch with Anarchy in it, so I think that could be really cool. Oh, that'd be so, awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. That one happens. But yeah, yeah, that could be way down the line.
2: Yeah, we're, <laughs> yeah, we're rooting for you on that one for yeah. sure. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, so for, as far as the, for young uh, artists or writers trying to make it into the comic book in- industry, what advice would you have to you know, get their work seen, to get them published?
1: I would say, I, speaking as a writer, I would say every person breaks in a different way. Find your angle that can break you in. Mm-hmm. It's Every single one's different. For For this one, I feel like, like with Subterranean, the the first miniseries I wrote, I had so many, it was so difficult to have to have people even check it out or anything. So you have to find a way to make people interested. And a lot of that sometimes is even the pitch. Like the for this book, it ended up being the final generation before technology took over. That did a lot to get people to be like, let me give this a look. Uh getting good covers made. Like none of these are fun answers. These are, but this is the truth. Having an (laughs) awesome cover, sure, having an awesome cover, (laughs) yeah, having an awesome cover will then maybe have someone read your book. The art has to be phenomenal, so that's it's hard. You have to read a lot of comics and check out a lot of people on Instagram and Twitter (laughs) and every one person who worked on this 30 people worked on this book and i probably emailed 300 people and 300 people i hand selected that i really respected and would have loved to work mm-hmm. with so that was my way kind of to break in was to i scoured instagram for years just finding people and and a lot of people say this but it's true you have to Grow with people you besides Daniel Hilliard. That's the one I feel like bone I got thrown where like someone who was he's done much bigger books than this was a part of it. Besides that, um, as far as the penciler and inker, find people at your level or people who are just a little bit above you and grow together. That's the way it's going to happen, because sometimes if you get this happens in music a lot, too. if you this wasn't my case at all i didn't have unlimited money to throw at people if someone just throws unlimited money at, say a drummer or something and it's not a big gig the drummer's not going to give it their all as right. if say beyonce was the person giving them the money they're gonna <laughs> try a little harder then yeah. so that's why you just you got to get the people who are are hungry and going for it and you still have to take care of them financially if it's a situation like this where it's like uh, your project but yeah, I would say, try to find your end. That's not an easy thing to do. I don't know. Everyone has a different angle mm-hmm. of how they would break in as a writer, but, um, find, uh, again, I feel like I'm being so cliche on so many things, but find <laughs> that the book that doesn't exist and make it exist. Yeah. Uh, the one, like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think this book existed yet. And this is what I wanted to see. Yeah. So I don't mm-hmm. know if that'd be my answer yeah. for an artist. Uh, I, I can't draw it all, but I could say, compare your, try to be unique as much as you can, but still be realistic at the end of the day, put your art next to grab a book from the store and be like, is it as good as this? Oh no, it's not yet. Let me like, that's a hard feeling. Um, as a musician, I can say that more where you produce a song, mix it and then play it in your car. It sounds amazing. And then put whatever next up on it, it's like Danny Elfman or put on, the Beatles, anything. And you're just like, Oh, mine sucks. Like, I don't know, just be realistic with it. And really, uh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I hope that made sense. Just named one of my favorite composers. Danny Elfman is one of my favorite composers. Mine as well. I think that might be my favorite concert I ever went to like 10 years ago. They did, uh, they did six minutes or so of every Tim Burton, Danny Elfman collaboration. And then at the end, he came out and sang all of the nightmare before Christmas. And it was amazing.
0: Yeah, that Danny Elfman is an amazing. I mean, Simpsons. I mean, you go, but you go back yeah. how long? I mean, he was doing while he was in Oingo Boingo, he was still doing composing, and he's just amazing. I used Holy. to put his his tapes, it's cassette tapes. so the you know old yeah. uh I used to do theater, and we would put the cassette tapes over the the, the system while we were working. It's just amazing. Music. Oh, that's cool. So. I agree. I I was very,
1: very obsessed with him (laughs) for a long time. I love Danny Elfman so much. Awesome. (laughs)
2: All right. Well, as we're wrapping up,
1: where where can our
2: listeners find you online?
1: You can go to, on Instagram, tom.breifogel.comics. On Twitter, it's tom underscore breifogel. I have a mailing list that I am not that good at sending out but I need to get better at. You can go to tomrightscomics.com to um, mm-hmm. go to that or com. but Tom Writes comics is easier to remember. And uh, I I sh- I probably will start sending it out. There's a few hundred people on it so I should just start doing it. Now there's books out in the world. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that those are the easiest places to find me. Yeah, I'm I'm the most active on Instagram, but I am mm-hmm. I was kind of dead on twitter for a few years there now that the books are out i'm kind of a little more active
2: mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah usually the same with twitter usually just instagram it's the easiest <laughs> one it's yeah so definitely
0: yes all right
2: well uh, thanks again um for joining us we really appreciate it um it's just a, you know a couple of normal guys with nine to five jobs that just started this just to talk about something we're passionate about we really appreciate you taking some time and Talking about this book, and we said we we have nothing but praises um, for how I became a shoplifter, and we were going to recommend it to to pretty much anybody who's into comics. So,
1: and we look forward to everything you write in the future. Uh, yeah. Ah, uh, thank you both so much, <laughs> Chris Jared. Thank you. Yeah. That was yeah, it's really cool to hear all of that. Yeah. I don't think anyone had ever talked about family therapy. I think you were the first people I've ever talked to yeah, about that, was, that chapter. I think that was that my was favorite. Cool. And that
2: was my favorite chapter, that was my, my, and the, that, and the heist. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, of course, the the band picture.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, there's so many good stuff. It's hard to hard to pick one, but. Uh, thank you. I'm so happy to hear those landed and that they uh, mm-hmm. connected. Ah. As far as it made you feel like the '90s and that. Yeah, yes. absolutely. So,
2: I think we're we're gonna wrap it up. Uh, thanks for joining us with our interview with Tom Breifogel. Thank you for joining us, Tom. Oh yeah, no, this is awesome. Thanks for having me. I'm Jared. I'm Chris. And happy reading. Happy reading.